Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my favorite person on the planet, Tara. Hey, spooksters. We are excited today because we are doing... Tara and I have like a fondness when we start doing like haunted places, like haunted mm-hmm. institutions or prisons or reformeries. So today we're going to be talking about the Ohio State Reformatory. And I'm really excited to talk about it because it's like, I mean, we'll get to why it's cool. It's a cool place in a bit. But before we do that, if you want to hang out with us on social media, do so by heading over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and use the handle at 3 Girls. Or if you want to engage with us and other spooksters, do so by heading over to Facebook, to our Facebook group, which is Three Spooked Girls Official. So much fun stuff happens in there. And honestly, it's just, it's a good time. It's a good time in there. Mm -hmm. It is. So if you want to hang out with us, do so there. That's how you get on the Book of the Month Club, all that kind of, that's how you do the monthly book club. The Book of the Month Club is not, that's that's a subscription I have. (laughs) That's different. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Dear friend, I have that too. <laughs> Hashtag not not sponsored. <laughs> if you want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spook girls or hit the link tree below. All our socials are linked on there. For little as a dollar, you get an extra bonus episode a month, $5 up, get video content and so on. If you want to pick a episode like our patron selects, that's our $10 tier. You can go check it out. We got it all mapped out for you. If you want some extra content that's out there, Tara has an amazing TikTok. Her handle is spooky underscore sleuth. She does amazing content. I do have a TikTok, but let's be honest, I'm lame and I don't do that often. <laughs> and Tara yells at me that I need to put my rants on there. because I yell I'm... at you. People are going to think I'm a fucking tyrant. Stop. <laughs> and by yelling at me, I mean, she goes, why don't you I encourage Jessica to do it. Okay. <laughs> There's a difference. Because <laughs> she'd be like, I want to do content. I got all these great ideas. And then she tells me them. I'm like, yes, these are great ideas. Fucking do them. <laughs> and then I don't do them. It, it's because I sleep. <laughs> it's okay. I don't sleep. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to do to give up sleep. But if you want to check out my TikTok, it's Spooky Aunt Jessie. And that's Jessie with a Y, J-E-S-S-Y. And yeah, we also have another thing for you guys that you're going to be excited about. Woo. We are going to be doing another live stream, but this time we're doing it in the month of the love, the love month. So February 19th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So for you East Coasters, a little early because we're trying to, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, let you out and have some fun still for the day. 
So we're going yes. to be talking some, I'm going to say twisted love cases. Yeah. Surprise stuff. That's the Surpri- hint. Surprise. Yeah. Yes, you guys will see. We're also going to do a Q&A for everybody who comes. So. Yes. You don't want to do that. You can hang out with us. For <laughs> sure. And we will have, if it's not already out, it will be out very short. It'll, it's probably going to be out because this is coming out Monday and I will be doing the link tomorrow. <laughs> so you guys may have already seen it. But in real time, yes. I, it's, on, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, it'll be an event, right? That's what Jessica does for us each time and it makes life easier. Yes. And then you'll get emailed the links closer to time. So we're going to go ahead and just dive straight on in, and we're going to talk about the Ohio State Reformatory. I'm going to start by talking about the history, and then I'm going to hand it over to Tara, who's going to tell us about the haunts, which are Yay. I'm excited about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of this history of the Ohio State Reformatory starts in 1862, and it was basically the reformatory was being built as a training camp for Civil War soldiers. It was also named Camp Medici Bartley in honor of the Mansfield man who served as Ohio State governor in the 1840s. Oh, but you know, they were like bougie. So basically, the Bartley camp was it was a reformatory of sorts, but basically it was military stockades for political prisoners. I was never able to confirm which side it was on. And I didn't poke around too much because I was like, fuck that noise. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair so, enough fair enough i'm hoping it's for the good side not the bad side putting those vibes out there so they were said the prisoners to be there were said to be public officials politicians newspaper publishers and all who defied the u.s law oh okay yeah apparently if you're a newspaper publisher you're getting fucking sent away oh all right bye <laughs> yeah and, oh also many men who were in, you know because they had the draft during the civil war yeah Anyone who didn't go to Lincoln was sent here. So it must have been the good side because Lincoln was on the good side. Okay. Okay. There is a quote that came from someone who was, it was like a log from the camp. And it said, Mm. on pleasant days and particularly on Sundays, the camp was visited by throngs of people. The evening dress parade was the crowning feature of these days, days exercises and witnessed by hundreds of spectators. So I don't really understand, like, what this camp was. I just think they, like, I mean, we have a history of just making camps and then ignoring it. Yeah. Also, another name that Ohio State Reformatory is known as is the Mansfield Reformatory or Mansfield mm-hmm. State Reformatory. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was during the 1860s, it kind of became charged with becoming the penitentiary, like, that was more local or or the big state one, I should say. And the city of Mansville raised $10,000 to be a candidate for to have it be put there. And they purchased 30 acres of land for the prison. And then the state added 150 to it. And the total cost once that was done was over a million dollars. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, and, and that and money back then. That's crazy. And then you have to re- like, so I'll mention in a little bit, but like, it didn't. Normally we hear things like, oh, in 1862, they began building. And then by 1864, it was, they had the first prisoners. It was a little different because they were having funding issues because it is a state funding. And this is also like civil war Mm -hmm. time. So like, Mm. I'm assuming money went other places as well. Right, right, right. With that, it did end up taking a lot longer to build said prison. Mm. 
So it became known as the Intermediate Ohio State Reformatory. And it was, at first, it was put into, it was kind of a half point, like a halfway place to put young offenders. So like, instead of going, there's a boys institute or boys industrial school in Lancaster. If you were too kind of bad for that, but you were not as good, like you did need to go to the state pen, like in Columbus, you went to this place. Mm -hmm. And it was for a first time offenders who were too violent for the industrial schools. Oh, because back then they just used to send you to industrial schools when like you were a bad kid. Mm -hmm. And I guess you learned to trade. Mm -hmm. I don't know. At this point, at the Ohio State Reformatory, inmates were taught basic skills and then were released back into society to be reintegrated as good human beings. And we all know that that doesn't always work, but yeah. they were trying. They tried. <laughs> yeah. And that would ha- that would kind of continue throughout the late 19th century or 1800s. And it would eventually be, once it kind of reached the 20th century or the 1900s, it would be converted to more serious violent criminals. Mm-hmm. Like actual criminals, not just like, mm-hmm. I was a boy and I beat up a kid, but badly. Construction began, because I think before that it was just kind of like the camp that the Civil War was in. But the actual official construction began in 1886 and remained in a construction until 1910. Wow. That's a long fucking time. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, the reason this took so long was because there was like funding delays on the construction. So it was like, you can't just build. You gotta pay people. Right, exactly. The architect was Levi T. Schofield, who was out of Cleveland. And he used up to three different types of architecture which included Victorian Gothic, Queen Anne, and Richardson Romanskin. I'm saying this wrong. I'm Every architect student is yelling, is yelling <laughs> at me right now. Forgive us. Sorry. <laughs> Basically, the reformatory was designed to encourage inmates to be reborn into a better spiritual life. And it was said that it was supposed to be like uplifting. And I was like, that's an interesting take on a basically a prison. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1891, that's when the name changed from the Intermediate Penitentiary to the Ohio State Reformatory. On September 15, 1896, the reformatory opened its doors to the first 150 offenders. Mm, wow. Hard knock life people. Mm-hmm. Now, like in most penitentiaries that we talk about or reformatories, there's been some bad things that have happened. Murders, yeah. things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So... There are two guards that got killed while working there. And one was the name of Urban Wilford, and he was 72 years old, which I was like, damn, sir, that's a little old. (laughs) A little bit. And he worked there in the 20s. So basically everyone wanted him to retire. They would say, like, go, spend your retirement with your wife. Be like, be free, Urban, be free. And he was like, fuck you guys. I like my job. I want to stay here. (laughs) And then he ran into... A, an inmate by the name of Philip Orlick. Orlick was a bad, bad man. He had been recently paroled and was given the opportunity to start over, but he made a friend. And he was going to help this friend escape prison. So the plan was like to enter through the West Gate. So Urban Wilford recognized Orlick and blocked his path. Orlick pulled a gun and fired. At this point, Wilford or Urban Wilford essentially tackled him and then held him to the ground 
as other guards rushed in. But when they pulled them apart, Urban was dead. Oh, no. Mm hmm. So it's also like, I just think that's really interesting that they were like, he, this dude was free and he risked a life, his life to free another dude. Right. And killed a guard because he was, uh, he was executed. Mm. I mean, I think it was like everyone wanted him to retire, but it was probably like, you know how every company has that like one person where you're like, why are you at home? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Why are you living your best life? And you know, it's because they're like, I just can't ever give up work. Another guard at Mansfield or the Ohio State by the name of Frank Hanger saw inmates trying to sneak out the back door and yelled, hey, stop. And one of them grabbed an iron bar and hit Hanger with it. And he fell to the ground and the other convict rushed over and started to beat him with his bare fists until Hanger stopped moving. Shit. Yeah. They didn't get too far, though. They got caught pretty quick. And they were sentenced, and they were both executed via electric chair. Mm. There is a famous superintendent, or I'm assuming that superintendent is like the warden of this reformatory. From 1935 to 1959, it was Arthur Lewis Geltek, and he was appointed by, it was a political move, a man by the name of Martin Davey. In his campaign, he basically promised like reforming. And he appointed Arthur to this position. So he did. And when he came in, Arthur was like, I'm going to do reform and it's going to be like help. It's going to be like helpful, right? Like, I'm not going to just be like that asshole warden. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that he did is he piped in music into all of the jail cells, which I could understand. Like, if you were stuck, I saw like I watched the ghost adventures on it, like. Those are tiny ass cells. That would make you mm-hmm. feel better. So he was kind of famous for that and like trying to like see a different way to like basically do what the building was supposed to do, which was like uplift the inmates. But Arthur would have kind of a tragic life. He lost his wife in November of 1950. She died of pneumonia. This is the weird thing. She died of pneumonia, but it was three days after she basically was reaching into her jewelry box in the family quarters that were at the prison. Mm -hmm. And when she did so, she accidentally discharged a handgun and was shot. And then I think she caught pneumonia while she was taking care of that. Okay. So that's like a really weird twist of events. I was like, oh, she had pneumonia. And then it was like, but she was also shot by a gun three days before. So I don't know if she had like pneumonia and then got shot by a gun that they didn't say. Arthur would actually die of a heart attack in his office. Oh, my God. Right. And that was on February 10th, 1959. So, like, when I was at first, I was like, oh, he had a long reign. That's, like, a big, nice gap. Over tw- That's, like, 24 years. And I was like, oh, no, he wasn't done. He just died <laughs> <laughs> in his office. But death wasn't something that was shy at Mansfield or Ohio State Reformatory. Over 200 people died. That included the two guards. There was also a riot. I okay. So when I watched the when I watched the Ghost Adventures, they said that it happened in the 1930s. And then when I was reading other articles, someone like a lot of them said 1957. So I don't know if there're two of them, but these were very like specific time frames. So Ghost Adventures says 1930s, other places say 1957. But basically there was a riot and they basically had 120 prisoners like participated in this. 
So they needed to get control of it. So what they did is they, once they captured them all, they put them, they put all 120 men into the solitary. And there were only 20 solitary. Yeah, fuck that. Right. And it was complete darkness. Now, I do recommend watching the ghost adventures because mm-hmm. Zach and Nick and I, I think maybe Aaron was in there too. They all go in and they turn off their lights and they're like, oh my God, this is so fucking dark. Like it's like pitch black. Mm-hmm. There's been some crazy deaths there too. In the ghost adventure, they say that there is basically an inmate tied a sheet around his neck and then jumped off the upper balcony. Uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is a man by the name of James Lockhart. He was in cell 13 on the ghost adventures. The, they have like the guy that was in the cell next to him at the time, which I'm like, mm-hmm. that show, okay, was in the early 2000s. And these people were like, I was an inmate from 1952 to like, or, you know, like 1958. I was mm-hmm. like, dear Jesus. Right. And then like, one guy, it was like, he worked there in the 50s or before. I was like, Jesus Christ. But anyway, so James Lockhart, he was in his cell. But what he actually did is he went and found kind of like a turpentine or like a stripping material from the furniture shop. And when he went back to his cell, he poured it over his head and all over his body and lit a match. And basically the flames were so bad. But the thing is, I don't think he was like screaming. That's like what? Because they didn't hear. Maybe he drugged himself up. Maybe. Because the guards say they only knew it was happening because of the guy in the cell next door at 14. He was screaming because the flames were starting to come into his cell. And he said, like, when you watch it, like, he was, like, in his sink and he was, like, splashing himself with water and, like, trying to, like, throw it at the fire. And I was like, I would have just been, uh, I would have been so scared. But the guards tried to, like, so they put out the fire. When they get out the guy, he's, like, he's dead because they couldn't get to him in time. And then... They say that when they drug him away, he, like, left chunks. And I was like, oh, just Zach's face when he said chunks. He went, chunks? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this was definitely, like, early Ghost Adventures, guys. So Zach is definitely wearing, like, yeah, true religion jeans and, and like, Ed Hardy shirts. <laughs> yeah. So in the 1960s, the state of Ohio was going through a little bit of a financial reform. And they were wanting to turn... Ohio State into a maximum security facility. And they wanted to do that. But again, that costs money. And I think at this point, this is where like they started kind of like rolling back on financial contributions to the Institute. Like things Mm. weren't getting upgraded, things that needed to be. There was still like shit that was happening. Like inmates were so unhappy. Like the conditions were so bad. Like people who were like sentenced there for like a short period of time, you know, shit was happening to them so there was a man by the name of larry harmer and he apparently wanted to die is what i've read he he wanted to end it even though he only had a year sentence oh he yes he's the guy who actually like did the towel and or the sheet oh gotcha Mm -hmm. but like how sad is that like it was only he only had a year like that's a drop in a bucket it's terrifying So the reformatory would stay open, fully functioning until December of 1990, and it was closed via federal court. And it was actually, it was the Boyd versus Denton case that did this. And it was basically, 
supposed to close in December of 1986, but then it got pushed back because they were still building the actual Mansfield Correctional Institution, which is like kind of close to it, but not like right there. Mm. So it took them four extra years to get it constructed. So yeah. And they were actually going to tear the place down. And basically a group of local activists rallied and they ended up purchasing the building from the state. Do you want to know how much they paid for it? A hmm. dollar. Oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I could have owned a haunted prison for a dollar? The fuck? That's rude. Damn. Best bargain ever. <laughs> right? You can go on tours there and everything. There is a, you know, a Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society, which is a nonprofit, and they, you know, keep up the maintenance and they try to restore it. And Jesus, they have a lot of, they have a whole room. They call it the toilet room. And I was like, you mean, the, like, when they said that, I was like, do you fucking mean the bathroom? That seems weird. <laughs> No, You're literally the toilets. bathroom, the toilet room. <laughs> and you could kind of tell that like the Ghost Adventures guys were like, mm-hmm, the toilet room. And then they were like, holy shit, it's a room full of toilets. Mm-hmm. And then Zach proceeded to make poop jokes, which I was like, but they weren't like poop jokes. They were funny and kind of well thought out. And I was like, okay, Zach, I see you. <laughs> see your poop jokes. There is a Ohio State Corrections History Museum that's on site. And I'm sure Tara was gonna t- is going to tell us about, like, the ghost hunting and all that stuff. But you may be like, if you're looking at the pictures and you're like, wow, this kind of looks familiar. I don't know where this is. That is because it's been featured in several movies, including Tango and Cash and Air Force One. And my personal favorite of these choices is The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to go with a prison movie, The Shawshank, you should do The Shawshank Redemption. Right. I love it. You can take actual, like, tours that are non-paranormal but i'm gonna hand it over to tara who's gonna tell us about all the booze and the bumps at this place yes okay so obviously i watch ghost adventures but before i talk about that i did find a nice list of all because this place is just haunted as fuck as you guys can imagine most of these prisons are right so i found this list that is it says it is 11 most terrifying haunted spaces at the Ohio State Reformatory. So I was like, perfect. Let's talk about this before I talk about Ghost Ventures a little bit. Because the Ghost Ventures episode is also kind of a clusterfuck, but it's fine. So number 11 is the infirmary. As any well-utilized infirmary in such a morbid environment, much death has occurred here. Many died here from illness, infection, malnutrition, and disease. Many of them that survived torture or beatings from fellow inmates who were too weak to return to their cells would be kept here. There are historical references that the infirmary was underdeserved, undergoing days of neglect or lack of medical attention, which we see in a lot of these types of facilities. And some inmates would even starve to death here. There has been unexplained gusts of wind, clusters of orbs. EMF detectors have been super active in the red zone here. There's also been experiences of disembodied moans of spirits perpetually reliving the last moments before they died, which is so fucking depressing. It is. Right? Okay, so our next one is the library, and it is said a young woman entity called Helen is said to haunt this space. According to psychic mediums who have visited here, she was not an inmate, but rather the ghost of a former prison nurse who was murdered by inmates dang yeah all right the next one is the warden's quarters in the east administration building so here you'll hear voices one of that being the warden himself and the other being his wife who was also named helen 
who's the one that Jessica mentioned got shot and died and pneumonia or shot herself and died. <laughs> we don't know. The weird one. The weird one. You will. <laughs> it is said you will hear them having an argument with heated conversations and that you also hear his disembodied footsteps as he walks through the administration wing. Are we suggesting that maybe their argument like the gun didn't go off on accident? Ooh, quite possibly. And Helen appears to be in her room, the white room, which is at the north end of the hallway in these quarters. And you might smell a strong scent of roses alerting you that Helen is nearby. And you can also have cold spots. I like it. Yes. Unusual issues with cameras happen here. It's not uncommon for camera shutters to jam without any explanation and then begin working again once you leave the area. Hmm. And number eight, because we're counting down, is East Wing on the first floor. The East Wing floor offers the eighth most haunted space, which includes the toilet room that Jessica mentioned and the East showers. It is said that this section recently offered intensive activity. Rarely does a night go by without someone actually experiencing and even seeing a few shadow people, which I will tell you more about some more shadow people later. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven is the third floor. If you dare to go to the middle administration offices, you may encounter shadowy people, audible voices, disembodied footsteps, and yes, the notorious feeling of not being alone. It's like, no shit. If I see some fucking shadow people, I'm going to be like, get the fuck away from me. Hello. And number six is the sub basement. It says on here, take a chance of exploring the sub basement and you may experience and capture some pretty haunting evidence. It is super creepy. It has become by choice off limits by workers and residents when they visit or by residents when it was still in operation. Yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want to fucking fuck with that. And people don't fuck with the toilet room either, because like in the Ghost Adventures episode, every two seconds they're like, nope, don't go up there. I don't go over there. Goodbye. No. <laughs> I just think it's like when the volunteers or the employees are like, Mm-mm, not a good spot. You should listen. Mm-hmm. All right. Number five is the chapel. So it is noted that for those that are skeptics, this is where you want to take them. Many consider the spot to be the central point for the hauntings. Basically... It's said to be extremely filled with negative energy, which I'm like, the whole fucking place is filled with negative energy. What the fuck are you talking about? And it says that this is a big spot where entities are physically interactive. So they like to grab people. We learn that these entities here more specifically are drawn to women. So for our female listeners, if you want to go here, you have been warned. It is said that spirits have been seen lingering in doorways from the corner of your eyes, so more shadow people. There's been strange light anomalies within pictures and also a bunch of like weird noises because there's like slams and voices and creepy ass shit. Mm -hmm. Number four is the West Attic, which attics creep me out just as much as basements, so no thank you. Right. It says this area was actually haunted even before the prison closed. Many inmates claimed a lady would come and tuck in their blankets at night. Could this have been a nurse or could this have been somebody else? Today, you will see many shadow people hear disembodied voices and phantom footsteps. Others have heard clanking noises that sound like cell doors being shut. Number three, we're at the top three, the admin basement. So it is said there are two entities here. One is not so bad and the other one is scary as fuck. Mm. So the, the good one is thought to belong to a 14-year-old boy who was beaten to death in this exact spot. His shadow is seen flickering across the walls or out of the corner of your eyes, Mm -hmm. and he appears as if he is still trying to escape his tortures. That's so sad. I don't like it. Right? His energy is described as being light, 
and, you know, not heavy or scary or negative. Now, the other one is the spirit of a guard, and he is described as straight up sinister. You will feel unnerved and unsettled, and many people believe he is the murderer of the young boy. Aww. Yeah. Now, number two is the cell block, so east and west. It said this is one of the most haunted sections of the whole reformatory, which makes sense because of all of the murders and the suicides that have happened here. People believe this has left imprints of dark hauntings, which makes sense because we've seen this a lot. One person reported feeling pressure from it what felt like hands on her shoulders holding her back as her group went up the stairs in the West Wing. Some people have said that they feel breath on their face, which I'm like, that's just a ghost trolling. And that's kind of gross, but <laughs> they're just breathing in your face. They're like, hi, we're here. People have also reported of being hit, shoved, pushed, punched, and thrown downstairs. Interesting. Yes. And if you are in tune with being like a medium or a psychic or anything like that, it is said that you may not be able, you may be unable to enter the space. Many have turned away from its overwhelming feeling of hate. That's scary. And along with shadow people, there has also been spectral mists seen here. And some people have reported feeling like they're being choked. Yes. I don't like that. Right? And I'm sure you guys are not surprised. The one that is in the number one spot is our solitary confinement, a.k.a. the hole. Right. Yes. So this is in the basement, like we talked about. Those that have went down here said they have gotten immediate feelings of nausea, chills, and just overwhelming uneasiness. Everyone who's went down here said they feel like they're being watched from the shadows. Gross. And they have also heard disembodied voices, which included moans, deranged babbling, and other, quote, unpleasant sounds. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't like this whatsoever. (laughs) Right. Which pretty much, of course, you know, with Ghost Adventures, they do a whole lockdown like they normally do, right? Mm -hmm. So that inmate Jessica talked about that's in this episode, his name is DJ Fly. And like she explained, you know, he was there during when Lockhart lit himself on fucking fire. So he was there from 59 to 62. And they go into cell 13, they go into Lockhart's cell, and he just like immediately starts like freaking out because like, it looks like He's like trying to brush him off of him. Like right. this entity is fucking with him and touching him and shit. And it's like, no fucking thank you. And Zach's like, oh God, oh God, what the fuck? But yeah, scary, scary. It's like, you know, it's bad when Zach is like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And it was also kind of sad because it was like DJ was saying, he's like, I'm just trying to get you. I'm just trying to set you free. I'm just trying to get you out of here. I'm trying to help you, you know, like, damn. But... Over in the East cell block, there's a story from the ops manager. Her name is Susan. She said that her and four other people, they were there and they heard like a loud bang on the second tier and it was like at the end. And when they were looking, they saw a white figure look, lean down and look at them and kind of like back up like, oh shit, oh shit, I got caught. (laughs) I was like, that's funny. (laughs) Oh no. It was like, no, damn, I'll come back later. And another girl, her name is Sarah. I think she was with her. I could be wrong. She was with one of these groups. But she, I felt so bad for her. They use her later because, like I said, the entities, like, are really drawn to female people. 
mm-hmm. and they send her down in the hole to go. And then she's like, isn't this Aaron's job? And I'm like, see, even this, like, even in season three, this bitch fucking knows. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I loved Aaron's response. He's like, I know. That's why I'm laughing. He's like, yeah, normally it is, but not today. <laughs> Oh, and it was like crazy. So there was this other tour guide. His name is Mike. And he was like very had that very like aggressive Zach energy that Zach later has. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was scary. And Zach was kind of like, oh, God, I'm afraid of you. And he said that one time he saw a black mass run into a cell and he went after it and said, did you run in here? And it replied, fucker. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> I liked Zach's. He was like, oh, God. He's like, OK, all right. This whole episode, it's like Zach is like a little old church lady. He's like, oh, no. Right. It's so no. funny. And then Mike taught that like there's another story. And this one it involves Mike and the hole this time. And he says that he heard footsteps and he asked if anyone was there. And he said he felt a presence like charge him, basically, like, oh, damn, like it was coming at him. And of course, he yelled like, I'm not scared of you. There's a recording of the entity saying, outstanding. I'm like, oh, so they were testing him. (laughs) I love love the the entities here because they're like full on fucking with people. It's not just like a little bit like, maybe if we turn the lights on and off. No, it's like, "Mm, I'm just going to give no shits and fucking talk shit to you. Right. And then Mike also said when he was down in the hole one time, he was giving a tour. And he said one of the people thought, he got punched by his brother and then Mike's like, oh, no, 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 this is a ghost coming out. Like, this is a ghost fucking with you. And they also got a voice recording that said, I'll kill this freak. So Mike had said this guy was older. So he's like, so he they, you know, they prey on women, but then they also prey on like the elderly, too, and whatnot. And then obviously they just like to fuck with Mike. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> right. They don't like Mike. <laughs> right. And it's just like, it's so creepy because also in the toilet room, it said that there was a shadowy figure that appeared and literally chased a volunteer. And she just like dipped out after that. She's like, I gotta go. I don't feel well. Bye. And it's like, well, no shit. I'd be like, I'm scared. I'm never coming back. See ya. (laughs) The weird thing is they come back. They always come back. They do. They do. And somebody also has reported in the toilet room that they had their head shoved down like super violently, like super hard and forceful. Like, ew, get away from me. No, no, no. Thank you. And it was just it's it's just crazy. So they had a lot of this happens a lot of episodes. I feel they had a lot of tech issues when they were in the hole. And basically, like the mics, their mics drained batteries and died first. So then they were stuck with just Nick's camera mm-hmm. and the microphone on there. And then there's this point where that goes out and they're like, oh my God, this has never happened before. Ah. And then Mike is being fucking Mike. And I'm like, I'm kind of actually, as I'm talking about this, I'm like, I'm kind of convinced that Zach took like that aggressive persona from this dude. No, I am too. Because <laughs> I feel like he was like a little aggressive before, but I'm definitely like later seasons, he's, a, he's channeling Mike. Yeah, but basically Mike's like yelling at this entity and like just being super confrontational and Zach looks scared. (laughs) Well, I think that's like one of the things is like Mike is so disrespectful to the entities. Like he talks shit to them that they're like, I will fuck with you for fun, dude. Like come at me, bro. Yep, exactly, exactly. And then kind of like to circle back. So what was like creepy when they were in cell 13, they picked up like a couple different voice recordings. And one said drag, and they think this was from when, like Jess said, he had his he was his body was dragged and the chunks were falling off and shit. 
And then another word that they pick up is fly. And they're like, does that mean, is he referencing to DJ? Because DJ's last name is Fly. They're like, what the fuck? And then a random one, it said, I chew you. I'm like, what? You sure it's not I choose you? Right? I'm like, is this Pokemon? Did they somehow get- Gotta catch him, ma. <laughs> it's like now in my head of like a mixture of like Ghostbusters and Pika- and like Pokemon going on in my head. <laughs> yeah. But while these entities are trolling and picking on people- I was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe they're not all so bad because when they sent Sarah down into the hole by herself, she said she felt a brush on the back of her head, like on her hair. And then there was like a, there was a voice that said, sorry, Sarah, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? They like accidentally bumped into her or something. <laughs> That's like what <laughs> I envisioned in my head. You know what's the, the interesting thing is this entity is so aware that they like, know her name. Right. Isn't that creepy? Because I think there was an, I'm pretty sure it was this one. There was another one where it was like, they told her to run. Like it said, like, Sarah, run. Or it says, run, Sarah. And I'm like, oh my God, they know her. This is so creepy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure there's good ones and there's good entities yeah. there. Oh yeah, like most definitely. But yeah, there's just like a lot of crazy little things, like, I guess not really little, but like a lot of crazy things that happen there. And then they show like, you know, footage when they leave the cameras and there's all kinds of noise and stuff happening in the morgue and just like a clusterfuck. Mm -hmm. It was a fun episode, though, because it's like, not only do the entities scare Zach, but like the human, the live people scare Zach. (laughs) (laughs) And that's always a good time. And that's always a good time. But as far as like the tours and stuff goes, it's all listed on the website. What's really cool is like for people who aren't local, you can do the you can do a virtual tour for like five bucks. So I was like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, I would say definitely check it out. This place kind of scares me. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. But if you go, let us know. Mm-mm. or if you've been because i feel like a lot of these places we do were like if you go let us know people are like well actually i've been there so if you've been there right. let us know tell Send us, us a listener story yes please but yeah that's what i got for the spooky stuff awesome this is a really good like place i think mm-hmm. it has a lot of history and i think there's probably so many other stories of like what the fuck happened there that you know i feel like in some penitentiaries we get like a lot more details but this one they i think keep a little close to the chest But with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. And we will see you back here for another one on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.